So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Axis Communications, thanks to our supporting partner, 3X Logic. Also, now, my guest this week is Andrew Kumanis. So, hot off the heels of being inducted into the Retail Risk Hall of Fame at the Australian Fraud Awards in Sydney last month, Andrew is well known for his stellar 20-plus years at iconic retailer Coles, where latterly he was the head of corporate safety and risk. Now, achieving multi-million dollar reductions in operating costs, Andrew delivered cutting-edge projects across 800-plus diverse stores, so quite the array of expertise, through to creating industry-leading best practice within the security fraud risk framework. Now, Andrew is well known for his first-to-market adoption of some cutting-edge technologies at Coles, and always open to new ways of working. So it was perhaps no surprise that eventually he would find a way to leave Coles for a fast-rising and innovative vendor. However, after 20 years at Coles, I bet that was some leaving party. So, Andrew, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Paul. So, come on, Andy, before we get into some more details, give me a little bit of insight into the background. Your career to date, how on earth did you get into corporate security, risk, loss prevention, fraud? And be really honest, was that actually your intended career or was there something else in young Kumanis' sights as you were leaving school, college or wherever it was back in the day? Well, um, that's a great question because I wanted to be a Formula One driver, actually. That was my my career path. And I quickly realised that that wasn't going to happen for a couple of reasons. One, because I wasn't fast enough in the car. And two, I probably didn't have the tens of millions of dollars that go with with that in the early days. So not so bad. I found myself uh, at at Coles Group um, here in Australia. um, And that's where my career uh, started. Um, around um, 20 odd years ago, as you mentioned, um, and it's been an amazing journey, that's for sure, Paul. So, well, maybe, I don't know, is it too late to start that, that Formula One career? Maybe maybe there is a, a, a circuit somewhere. So um, that the first role that you took, realising that maybe Formula One wasn't going to happen just at that moment, did you... Did you set out? How did you find an interest in that fraud and risk space? You know, when did you first become aware that all this goes on in the world and I might like to, to get more involved? Well, I was, I was completing some studies and investigation and risk like, um, like everyone has. And I was doing some work for um, one of the government agencies here in Australia. And I happened to come across um, the Coles loss prevention team back in those days and I didn't even know that existed. I didn't even know that function was about. And then once I started listening to that team and seeing what it is they actually did for a retailer and how they actually changed uh, outcomes for retailers, I suddenly become really interested because I have a real like and passion for commercial um, commercial sensibility, reality, um, and then to apply that investigative thought process um, surveillance as well is where I spent a lot of time um, through my studies and, and the government. Um, I was like, yeah, I think I can make a career here. Okay. And then Coles were sort of like, yep, yeah, like, let's take this, uh, this young lad on. And you progressed, you know, consistently through the organization. And, you know, as we saw when your peers uh, inducted you into the, uh, into the hall of fame, there was a real sort of look around for how can we acknowledge the work that you've done. And I think you were, a, you know, a, clearly a leading light in the industry and got incredibly well known. I presume Coles was supportive of that 
journey as the, as the profile of you and the industry got bigger and bigger? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, bold and brave was uh, was my mantra. Um, let's do things differently. Let's let's have a go, and and if we fail, we fail together. Um, but but let's let's make sure we we're definitely being bold. Um, one of my first roles at Coles actually um, was unique itself. Um, I was given a, a very sort of set. Uh, agenda to go and understand what was really happening in retail stores, not perhaps the traditional loss prevention or asset protection ways of working. Um, and I was fortunate enough to spend weeks and then months just deep diving into stores and peeling back the layers. And it's fascinating when you get back out in the trenches and listen to the store team members speak to customers and, uh, in fact, um, talk to, to crime gangs. And that's what I did really understand what's driving their behaviours. So my first weeks and months um, at Coles was, was unique and an amazing opportunity. And then you, you're right, I was fortunate enough in a 3,500 store business, 150,000 plus team members and a, and a $35 billion business today to then get the opportunity to lead centrally the fraud teams, the, the security teams, and, and most recently, up until um, I exited Coles um, Safety, which is unbelievable to be a part of that team, understanding what our team members, what our customers, uh, I guess, are faced with day in, day out and making stores safer. Uh, and then going back to my security roles, more secure, um, it's certainly satisfying. I mean, just a huge remit. And just very quickly, what I'm always fascinated as businesses change over the years. From when you went into the sort of fraud risk loss prevention arena 20 years ago to when you left in retail, what were the major changes you think you know you saw along the way? What what was the what was the big shift? One of the big shifts I'm seeing now, actually, I'd say probably the last three to five years is the real big change or movement in retail crime, or in fact, organized retail crime. That's changed. Um, and globally, that might be slightly different. Um, but if I just speak to Australia right now, um, there's definitely been a huge shift from traditional loss shop theft to a very organised, a very structured crime, uh, I guess, model um, that the offenders are following. And, and, and typically the same the world around, um, shopping lists, a place to then go and take all of those items that are stolen. Um, and here in Australia, we're seeing that shipped all around the world. Yeah, that theft to order piece. And uh, yeah, we, we hear all about, you know, guides and you can purchase how to defraud retailers online as eBooks and, and people getting sucked in. So look, I mean, your raft of knowledge, I mean, your hand has touched so many departments within Coles. And, and I'm not sure if they, whether you've got one answer, but what, finally prompted you to bring all of that expertise vendor side and then sort of give it back to other retailers as it were what 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 prompted that yeah um people will, will understand this and as i've been speaking um globally now to a to a lot of um other retailers industry partners um, it's amazing when you spend 20 years in an organization you become um so um, empowered to, to drive change um, at an organisational level. And one for me that I picked up on and using that word empowered is 
retailers needing to empower their teams, um, retailers needing to uh, empower everyone in the organisation to start connecting the dots regarding loss prevention, asset protection, fraud, and start driving a change because the crime gangs are certainly doing that. And what's driven me, Paul, to answer your question is, let me go and take that experience and share it right around the world now around connecting the dots on crime and empowering frontline team members. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not, not wrong when I say, you know, you must have had an ongoing uh, raft of offers, but what finally, you know, what caught your interest with Aura? You know, I said, you know, I know them. They're in quite an innovative, very fast rising, really on the, on the move. Uh, what, what was it that made you think, actually, do you know what? That's the right opportunity, you know, to, to move across. What, what did they have? Yeah. Um, Aura is an unbelievable um, company. Um, I guess when you look at all the opportunities and what's next, um, and after spending 20 years in, in, a, in a large retailer, um, you, you consider things um, not only the amazing technology, um, how fast this brand is growing and the real impacts and changes it's making, but you also think a lot about um, the way the team at Aura operate, um, the way they engage um, with their partners, but also internally. Um, and for me, the culture uh, is a huge driver and something that I talk about often when I'm asked this question, the way Aura goes about every day um, is unique uh, and it is something that I've never, ever seen before in any other organisation. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, you, know, you know, cards on table, you know, Aura have exhibited at a couple of shows with us. And I have to say, there is a energy and a bounciness, if that's a, even a word that's appropriate, that goes with everybody within the team um, that I've seen. Um, and just from the speed of response to emails, queries, action, uh, it, it's pretty pretty unique. I have to say, there's some there's some there's some you know slow moving organisations out there. Um, so yeah, I, I get that, and I can I can see that. So look, um, give us a, an indication. So you've only been there a matter of months now, but what projects, challenges? You know, what are you personally focusing on? They've they've got this. Yeah, encyclopedia that is Andrew Kamanis, which bit are they getting you to focus on right now? And what are you sort of you doing on a day to day? Well, I'm very lucky because I get to I get to operate in all parts of the world. So Aura has offices in New Zealand, uh, here in Melbourne, Australia, um, in Denver in the US. Uh, and then uh, now, um, as, as some of you will be aware, um, we're up and about in the in the UK with an office as well. So some exciting times uh, for me and how I want to continue to support the, the industry, um, but also for Aura on that journey of bringing law enforcement together. And that's probably, probably the answer um, to your question, bringing law enforcement globally, bringing retailers globally, and a secure platform, a safe way to report, a secure way to report, and connecting the dots via data 
to make retailers safer, secure, and let's face it, more profitable. Yeah, and, and, and that's always it. And yeah, I'm interested, you know, you talked there about, you know, bringing everybody together. I want to dive into that a little bit more with you. But just before I do, in time-honoured fashion, we're just going to take a quick 30-second break here from our sponsors, and then we'll be back. The top people from the top organisations with the latest thinking about the best strategies to use in the greatest industry on earth, retail. The Retail Conference from the Retail Bulletin, exclusively at Retech Europe, 8th and 9th of November. Search The Retail Conference for more details. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. I am, of course, still talking to Andrew Kamanis um, of Aura. Now, Andrew, um, you started to touch on there uh, a little bit about, you know, what the technology does. But can you give uh, our audience a little bit more of an insight of how it all plugs together, what works, what the offering is and why it's of benefit to retailers? So... Aura empowers frontline team members as well as corporate users in, in any, any organisation to uh, report, uh, solve, prevent crime. Um, and that's all done by joining or connecting the dots, as you've heard me say a few times now. Um, the platform, the Aura platform itself, is incredibly powerful. Um, it's user-friendly uh, for a start. But having law enforcement and other agencies have real-time access is a game changer. For Aura, it's all about helping retailers report quicker so they can get on with serving genuine customers but not have that underlying problem of a continual LP, AP, traditional issues of high losses or, say, out-of-stocks in stores. And for me, that's a real passion because reporting and working with C-suite executives over many years, they don't want out-of-stocks, Paul. They don't want genuine customers leaving the store, not being able to what they able to buy what they need. So Aura is not only uh, making communities safer, it's helping stores have better, better on-shelf availability and providing better customer service to genuine customers. Yeah, and I guess when you're, you know, saving and reducing losses while actually coming at it from a customer experience, customer, you know, be able to get what you want. Uh, and the age old, I mean, I go, I've mentioned this before, you know, when I was frontline retail a long, long time ago, the whole reporting thing, and I worked through a raft of local and international retailers, and no, you know, the, the task was always how do we make the reporting viable and quick and you know going off to the the store office to have to physically report something to take yourself off the store to write it down or do something was always actually meant that there was no reporting nobody bothered because it was just too difficult but it sounds like you know part of the the, the options here or part of the benefit here is that easy reporting of frontline as well as you know the tech that joins up and and hopefully catches some bad guys and girls at the back end Absolutely. And I guess um, the industry is now collaborating like never before. Um, I'm seeing that here uh, in Australia and then 
globally talking with our partners, there's a real appetite uh, for collaboration between retailers uh, and, and law enforcement. Um, one thing that frustrates me, Paul, is when uh, you see that happen in a non-secure manner. Um, we know uh, privacy, GDPR, depends on what part of the world you sit in. Um, all of those things really matter. So to be able to provide a platform that addresses all of that but still report in a matter of minutes um, is something I'm really passionate about and helping retailers and making the community safer is the reason why I joined Aura. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the appetite for this has been there for some time in markets around the world. So um, it's terrific to see the success that, that you're having. So while we're on, on Aura as a business, just give me a little bit of an insight on the scope, the size, maybe the ambition um, of the business. And, you know, I know you're getting out there, um, you know, shaking hands, meeting people. Now we're all doing that again. But, uh, you know, what, what, what's, what's going on? What, is it, what, is, what does Aura's sort of uh, profile and ambition look like? Yeah, so there's definitely a lot happening um, in the market. And um, it's great to see everywhere uh, we go now, um, we're hearing Aura and tell me more about Aura. Um, and that's, um, that's only going to continue to grow uh, as more and more retailers join the Aura movement. Um, tens of thousands of stores now report into the Aura platform. Um, millions and millions of reports um, are flowing through. Um, so for Aura, it's always about ensuring um, our partners have a safe and secure reporting platform but the law enforcement journey is well tied into that. So as we move uh, through the UK, uh, as we continue to build enormous momentum uh, in the US, um, it's so important that the innovation for Aura, uh, which is driven out of New Zealand and Australia, and that's something I'm really proud of, continues to fuel the rest of the globe so we can all fight crime in a safe and secure way. Yeah, it is cool. You know, you see some of these sort of platforms that just operate in, in individual locations. And actually, you make a, a really valid point there. You know, the, the people we're trying to stop here, they don't just respect a border or a boundary. You know, they go international. So to have a platform that's that's coming at it international, I think is, you know, it's the right time. You know, and I have to call out, you know, we were in Sydney uh, recently at Retail Risk Sydney. You guys were there. Then I know you're at uh, the Melbourne Cricket Ground with us in August. A shout out for those that are going to be in London. So Retail Risk London in May. Title sponsoring there. Directors dinner the night before. So the good and the great. You might be getting an invite to that. So see whether you're, um, you're joining us for that. So, yeah, really impressive. And I know there's other events that you're doing and putting yourself out and about. So, uh, yeah, long may it continue. I think, you know, uh, you know a huge opportunity for retailers to collaborate further so yeah terrific platform now i can't have you here and not just sort of offer a tangent slightly but one of the main questions we hear is <clears throat> excuse me um people are wondering how to get their topics and how to influence the board and senior management to get what they want you've consistently delivered really innovative projects in large in a large organization What's your top tip for getting your agenda onto the radar for senior management, for directors? I mean, some of the budgets that you've secured for sign-off have been pretty huge and 
you've had some great successes and I'm sure a few bumps in the road as well. So what's your top tip for people thinking, okay, this is, I'd really like to drive this change. I really like to talk to Aura or other vendors to do something cool and new. How do you go about getting that onto, onto a board's agenda, do you think? Right at the start, Paul, I mentioned um, two words, bold, brave. Um, for me, it's all about being bold and brave because if we all just keep doing what we've been doing, well, we know where that ends, right? So getting on the agenda of, of executives and, and boards, um, you've got to know your stuff and everyone knows that. That's, that's just a given. But being bold and brave, going and trying something that we haven't done before or your organisation hasn't done before um, is, is a real opportunity. And the other thing that I've learned, and um, I'll be really vulnerable and admit this, um, rely on your partners. Have honest conversations with those out there that are helping your retail organisation. Uh, they, they might not know as much as you about your business, but they certainly know a lot about other businesses or, or industry trends, and they might be able to help you with things that you don't know. So bold and brave and trust with your partners. Yeah. I feel like um, next time I see you need a, a pin badge or a, you know, a slogan on the back, bold and, you know, Mr. Bold and Brave or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it's really interesting point. You know, often you sort of, people don't want to use it hear the term don't rock the boat so don't do something out of the ordinary people are a little bit fearful but yeah i guess you know you've got a track record that says you know push it a little bit and see what you can get and i'm, I'm guessing you know you're going to be jumping up and down you know banging the aura drum telling people to be bold and brave have a conversation and and you know join the flock but do it safe and securely paul because there is no place for sharing of data that isn't done in a safe and secure manner. Um, and that's something that I'll be very strong on in any conversation. Um, let's be bold, but we have to, we have to do it safe and securely. Yeah, and I guess, you know, ultimately when it comes to the time to put a case together for law enforcement and prosecute, if there's flaws in how the data's been shared, then, then it, it comes tumbling down fairly quickly anyway. So um, yeah, it's gotta be done the right way. Now, look, um, Huge retail experience. You've been traveling the globe as well in your new role. Are you optimistic for retail? What's your what's your take on, on the future? Are we going to see more store openings? Are things going to blend more? You know, interesting some markets are seeing e-com. I, I hesitate to use the term fall away, but you know, recalibrate, shall we say, as stores reopen. But but what's your take on on, on retail? Are you optimistic for the future? Absolutely. And um, seeing and spending some time uh, in London recently, and I'm, I'm heading back very shortly um, on a one-way ticket would be my preference. Um, <laughs> but um, you have to be optimistic, right? Um, the, the world over, uh, everyone enjoys getting out. And as we start, I guess, getting comfortable with that again, um, there can only be strong growth there. But I am, I am concerned uh, looking at world events um, just here in Australia. I'm sure um, it is the same around the world. We're seeing it anyway. The price of fuel or gas is, is unbelievable. So we've got a lot of challenges ahead of us as retailers. 
Um, but the one thing that we can consistently do is continue to serve our genuine customers well uh, and treat them uh, with the respect and loyalty that they all deserve. Yeah, interesting. And you're right, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be variables that, that retailers have to navigate. So being bold and brave is probably the way to go. Although be very careful about wishing for that one-way ticket. Here we are in springtime. I'm sat in the UK and had ice on my car this morning, uh, whereas you're in the glorious sunshine of, uh, of Melbourne. So uh, perhaps, I'll do, perhaps I'll do an exchange with you and uh, <laughs> you, 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 can, you can come and experience the, uh, the joys of a spring day uh, and having to de-ice the car. Look, um, Andrew, it's always an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Uh, it's, uh, I think, uh, your enthusiasm for retail and your expertise always shines through. Um, I think, uh, you know, you're with a, a really innovative vendor. Uh, so I wish you the very best of luck with that. Uh, but for now, Andrew Kamanis, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Paul.